Welcome to Biblical Perspectives brought to you by the Ecumenical Catholic Church of Christ. Join your host, Father Dr. Tom Roberts, for discussions about the Bible and related conversations about theology, spirituality, and more. Greetings and welcome to today's broadcast. I'm your host, Father Dr. Tom Roberts. Why are people today so cotton-picking, fed up with religion, especially the millennials? Well, if one stops and thinks about a few facts, I think we can understand why today's spirituality is, of course, self-directed. People have lost hope and trust in almost all of our modern institutions. I think that is indeed a fair assessment, number one. Number two, we live in a very self-centered age where spirituality is not about extending beyond yourself to understand the cosmic creation a lot better as well as the human experience, but it's about me, my feelings, my perceptions. You know, folks, we all have to have convictions. But let's put a big B there and not become a big B. But <laughs> what I'm saying is it's not about us because we are just one person who has ever existed out of several billion people since God created this planet. How can I come to you and say, well, I'm Father Tom Roberts, I'm educated and, you know, have all this ministry experience and therefore that qualifies me to disqualify everything everyone else believes or says. That would not be very spiritual. And yet, Today, we have people doing precisely that. It's what I think about it. Well, number one, the ego-centered approach will leave you very empty. Because what happens when you reach the end of your own id and ego system? without the love and the support and understanding that should accompany spirituality about other human beings, unless it's a shared experience, then, of course, it's all about us, which is the antithesis of what Jesus and all great spiritual leaders talked about. 
I don't have all the answers. I love to talk about pursuits of truth. I love to talk about deep scholarly and theological things from a biblical point of view. Houston Smith, one of the great spiritual gurus of our time, says this, you can even convert to another faith tradition, and yet you will always see things through the lens within the tradition from which you started. That's a paraphrase. But think about it. I could study 50 other religious faiths, and I would always compare anything or everything that I would have learned from a biblical-centric point of view within the Christian tradition. So we can't escape our bias, our culture, our life experiences, what means a lot to us, what doesn't, our own pet peeves, and on and on the list goes. There is a common human experience that all of us have as we go through life, and it is the struggle for goodness. Every human being faces that. I believe our Creator designed it that way, that we would struggle with faith, as John Wesley talked about. Today we want it just like gingerbread. Just sugar it up, and it melts in your mouth, and it tastes good when you hear it, but you can't remember what the hell somebody said once it is digested. That's today's spiritual goo-goo baby talk. True spiritual reality and maturity helps us understand creation and the feelings of others, as Emmett Fox talks about in his creation spirituality, that we learn to understand more even about how nature works, the blessing of the animals that comes around every year in the liturgical church, because we're part of creation. I'm not talking about going out and hugging a tree, although I have a favorite pine tree that grows in my front yard. And I think we should have a great respect for nature. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 7. The prophet Jeremiah was probably about 16 or 17, told the people when they come back into the land someday after their 70 years of captivity, that they would indeed, what? Cherish the land. Now, the Bible is a pro-environmentalist document. 
It's pro-life. Your spirituality is centered around Lahayim, what you practice in your life daily. The New Testament picks up this theme, and it lays out two criteria. Christ's own words, doctrine should be based on or teaching, and how it affects our daily life. Those ethics are very, very, very palatable, and they're solid. And yet, today we have people who want to reject organized religion, and I can understand that, even though I represent a million-member church within Catholic tradition. I understand that people today are on separate and different journeys. But folks, I'm going to tell you something a very lovely female priest said to me one time. She said, I went through Wicca. I went through my rebellion against the Christian church. And I missed my Lord and my Messiah. She said, I learned a great deal from the wisdom teachers and even maybe some of the ascended masters. I don't know how far she went with that to go into New Age talk for just a moment. But I can say this. She knew a lot more about spirituality by having journeyed. And if it's all about us, how do we journey? If it's all about how I feel and you've got nothing to teach me, well, then I'm limited if that's how I feel about the wisdom of others. There is a collective wisdom in humanity and spirituality should embrace that. Master Kung had things to teach us. Confucius did. The followers of Zoroastrianism did. But you must know what to throw out. You can't accept everything, carte blanche, from anybody. And I try to be very accurate on this broadcast by giving you lots of scholarly and vetted and well-thought-out material. But nobody is right 100%, and nobody has the right to step between you and your creator or your journey and govern where you end up. That is between you and God, but we should be there for counsel. And we should Seek the counsel of others. You can avoid a spiritual fall like Jamestown. Did you know the leader, Jim Jones, of Jamestown was a Disciples of Christ minister? He represented a mainline denomination I think he did some work for the United Church of Christ, too, because they have 
joint churches, bless their hearts, and they're wonderful people. But see, cult leaders like that can prey upon the vulnerable. And the question becomes, are you also a discerning person? The New Testament talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. In Greek, it's more rightly discerning the teaching of truth. We have a lot of people today who aren't very discerning. You could sell them any kind of prophetic scenario that twinkles their ears and shazam, they're off, they bought it, and now they're going to tell everybody else where to put it. So what do you make of that? To be spiritual is also to admit where you're wrong. Areas you've needed to grow in your own life's pursuits. None of us are right 100%. Not in our personal life, nor our beliefs. I talk to religious people quite often. They're rigid or naive about the world. They see the world through their rose-colored glasses, and therefore they can judge the world, and God is not given that to the church at this time to judge the world. We can't even judge ourselves properly and evaluate where we are and where we are not. What right do we have to judge the motives of other people? Now, people often get wishy-washy and they try to say, well, I know I shouldn't judge anybody, so therefore I can't say anything's right and wrong. That's not what the text is saying. The text is saying you don't judge the motive of anyone. Now, some people like Uncle Adolf Hitler and others, they make their heart very well known by what they do. You don't even have to go to the motivation with an idiot like that or an abuser. They are telling you by what they do who they are. But what this is talking about is when you have a problem with people and people have a tendency to judge motive, Jesus said, you don't judge the heart. Only God knows. Those who worship him also declared Paul in his letter of Ephesians. Only God knows those whom are truly his. We'll be right back right after this and we'll discuss this subject a little bit further. Looking for an affordable online school that offers biblical, theological, and liturgical education to prepare you for social justice and ministry? St. Anthony's Liturgical House of Studies has the solution. Visit stanthonysliturgicalhouse.org for a current listing of programs and courses and to register today. People really are put off 
by institutions today, governmental. They're turned off at a lot of their churches, not everybody, but especially the younger people are. And then we get a lot of people playing holy hopscotch out there. They jump from denomination, trying to get in bed with the best one they can find. And they just keep a-hopping. To search for truth and to find a place that you are being called to serve and where you have a wonderful spiritual DNA composition with a group full of people is not wrong. God made the body of Christ so we could not only preach the gospel and bear a witness, a materia, a testimony that could lead to death in the first century. But you know, folks, it's so we wouldn't walk alone. There's a lot of people who are alone in our culture. And they have been turned away by the church. I've seen young women who maybe had children out of wedlock be turned away by the church because she didn't make the moral choices we self-righteously thought she should have made. And you know what I say to that? So what? That does not resolve any group of people from showing Christian love and concern towards anybody. Sometimes when people are down and out, they make foolish decisions because they are desperate. And I dare say you've been there, I've been there. And we should learn spiritually from that condition. How to walk up better. Sometimes people need a friend. They don't need a judge. They need someone who understands, yet who will love them enough not to tell them what they want to hear. And there's a fine line in ministry in establishing such a relationship. I know people today during the holiday season that's fast approaching. And I've seen people be in large churches and people not ask them to dinner on the holidays. And so the holidays are supposed to be fun of cheer and full of spirit and togetherness. But they are not that way for everyone. I know single people who hate to see them come around because of the fact they think everyone else is with their friends and they go home alone. This happens to older people. I once saw a church one time. Their family rented the church hall and no one else could go. 
on holiday. What a shame. One of the best Thanksgivings I ever had was downtown giving meals to poor and needy people. Just handing out turkey dinners. And I told my family, well, I'll be out later. And yes, I wanted to be with family. There's nothing wrong with that. But what about your human family? There are shut-ins in society. There are people who just don't think anyone cares. I remember when our churches were much closer, ministering one to another was far more normal than it is today. I see a lot of people who say, I'm too busy. My life is too complex. It's too complicated. But folks, more of us are binge-watching television than ever before. We don't want to be bothered with people. And yet, the needs go on. I know there's a lot of interesting things on satellite television and YouTube. I like it as much as anyone. But I'll guarantee you what I love more is connecting with real people. I think as churches, we should not be dividing our culture over political points of view. A recent survey on NPR reported that the millennials, of course, their biggest complaint against the church today is that it's so politically motivated. And that is correct. It certainly is. There has been a culture war that has happened since Roe v. Wade, and actually it goes clear back to the 1920s when women got the right to vote in the suffrage movements, and on and on it goes, unionism, left versus right, but it really culminated in 1973. And I remember my doctor, Dr. Kumick, in Seattle, Washington, was one of the leaders in the movement to recognize abortion as a woman's right. The difficulty with it was the original Roe v. Wade idea has been politicized. It has been fought about. It went far beyond just protecting women. It became a women's rights issue versus the baby having rights versus the economics of a woman to choose her own destiny and many other ethics were applied 
to this particular issue that began to divide the country between believers and non-believers, liberals in the church and the political parties against the conservatives, and it's gone on and on into economics. We like to say we value life in this culture, but really, we don't. We are a hedonistic culture bent on destruction when what we need are the ways that lead to life and life eternal. We can say we don't need the church and society will be headed if this trend is not reversed into a new dark ages. A new time of barbarism, said Constance Cumbie many years ago. And I believe she was correct as far as she understood barbarism because Connie could see in my private conversations with her that we were undergirding the strengths of our very society. Giving women rights should strengthen our society. Equalizing the issues with the races to create economic opportunity for us all should strengthen society, but that is not how it's done or how it is argued. And the church is going to have to get back to the gospel and to biblical exegesis and sound theology to reclaim her message irrespective of your political party and outlook. You want salvation. You want biblical knowledge. You want Christian love and support. That's where you should go to get it. Not to be politicized from the pulpit. Thank you very much. Political opinions are like bottom sides. Everyone has one. We need to understand we have no right to inflict our will on another. But as a follower of Christ, I am commanded to love you. I'm commanded to serve you. When that time arises, I am to represent God to the best of my ability in Christ. Yes, people have a right to be turned off at the traditional church. I get that way too. I'll let you in on a little secret there because we've all been hurt by it. But society would be far worse if it didn't exist. Then there would be no standard 
for goodness. So for goodness sake, why do you want to take away the last vestige of sacredness that this culture has? This is Father Tom Roberts saying, thank you for listening. Please think about the urgency of what was said today. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's Biblical Perspectives program. Tune in to the program next Thursday on WBCQ as Father Dr. Tom Roberts continues his discussion about the biblical-related topics. For more information about Biblical Perspectives and the Ecumenical Catholic Church of Christ, visit ecumenicalccc.org. If you happen to be in the Los Angeles or Detroit areas, please be sure to visit the Cathedral of the Archangels and Seraphim Ecumenical Catholic Church of Christ and the Cathedral of St. Anthony. To leave a comment, to support the program, or to learn more about Biblical Perspectives, St. Anthony's Cathedral of Liturgical House of Studies, and their sponsor, the Ecumenical Catholic Church of Christ, visit ecumenicalccc.org. This show, in cooperation with the Ecumenical Church of Christ, was produced by Ricky Insunza and Marty Arredondo of Nightwork Audio, Springtown, Texas.